you you just gave me syphilis. Give us back our land. Yeah, they should. <laughs> Hey Maniacs! Hey Maniacs! This is Midsummer Maniacs mini episode, spoiler free, we promise. Episode four. For season 21, episode four, with bated breath. Which is episode 126 of the show. Wow. So this is more than two years in the future for us. Yeah. (laughs) At one episode a week, we got a ways to go. If we are recording in two years, roughly two and a half years, that will be a stunning achievement that I will be so happy about. Hey, if people are still listening, that will be the bigger achievement. Okay, I gotta I gotta say this. We have had the best month ever. You guys are fantastic. Everybody who's listening to this completely blows us away. The fact that we are still growing as a podcast into areas that I never thought we would get into. We will be hitting 10,000 listens quite soon, so... You're the best holiday gift ever, listeners. Absolutely. Listeners, thank you so much, and we hope you have the best holiday. So, our holiday present to you this week, this holiday week, whether you're celebrating something or not, it's still the middle of winter and you deserve a little present, is this last spoiler-free episode for the new season. Yes, so this episode is the last one that we watched in the series, and it has... Fishermen and runners. Fishermen versus runners. Yes. Or runners who used to, no, yeah, runners who used to be fishermen. Yes. Who are now firemen? Yes. Yes. Not only do we have fishermen versus runners, we have firemen versus policemen. And so uh, a few years back, kind of a decade back now, more than a decade back now, uh, I refereed hockey at the uh, official firemen uh, police fireman games that oh. was held in Indy. So you're familiar with this rivalry. That's Indianapolis, by the way. Yes, Indianapolis. And and so I refereed some of the games in, during that competition and uh, only got swung at once. Oh, good for you. <laughs> so the rivalry is real in some places, huh? But, but I did throw out a number of people from uh, games. There you go. <laughs> this is a really fun episode. We've got... A lake monster. We've got professional fishermen who are all ticked off at one another and runners who are ticked off at one another. Um, we've got this extreme psycho mud run, which is a, like a an iron person obstacle course run. All kinds of craziness. Along with, a, there's a lot of technology in this episode too. There is. And, you know, they they always take a risk when they use technology because it can get dated mm-hmm. really quickly. But uh, we have, I think, is this our first actual blogger character? No, but it's our first video blogger, I guess, maybe. Maybe. It's not our first underwater cam. No, it's not the first underwater, because we had underwater cam in uh, Market for Murder. Right, in the pool. That was our first underwater cam. This is underwater, uh, first under freshwater cam, maybe, (laughs) (laughs) because it's in a lake, right? 
the the monster of the lake. So let's talk about this monster in the lake. Yeah, and we always, we joke about killer cam and pitchfork cam and spoon cam and whatever. This is our first monster cam. Yes. It's like from the perspective of the lake monster. And th- this is a giant fish, not a, like a Nessie character. Right. This is a... It's not a mythical... An abnormally sized fish. And there are some seriously big fish in freshwater. I mean, there are catfish bigger than you are. Yes. We know that. So it's not a mythical thing to think that there might be a giant fish in there. Now, again, my North American bias shows through because they sit around this pond and they call it a lake. I realized that in England, a body of water more than 10 yards across is a lake, but... I'm used to Great Lakes and things like that. They've got some serious water in the UK, though. They do. I mean, locks, hello. Yeah, and the Lake District. (laughs) Yeah. It's beautiful, long. It's like locks in Scotland. They're more long than they are wide. Yeah, but they can be super, super deep. Yes, Right. very, very deep. But this is like a farm pond at best. But it's got docks and everything. Yeah. Get a powerboat in there and you get to do some water skiing. Oh, I don't know. I don't oh, think you could. Be. It didn't seem that big. Uh, I guess. So I, I, my dad is a fisherman and has been my whole life. I mean, hardcore, serious hobby. If if he wasn't working or hanging out with us, he was fishing or preparing to go fishing. And these characters in this episode who are meant to be like professional anglers. Yes. Are not. No. No No professional angler would cast a line and then just put it on a a rod holder and sit back. They just wouldn't. That's not how they fish. They're professional sitters is what they are. Yeah. These people are are competitive sitters. (laughs) (laughs) Now, the fact that they can't get in boats for this fishing competition kind of hampers them a little bit. There would be some more action if they could take an outboard out on a little boat and get into the nooks and crannies of the of the pond and I think that's what a professional a professional angler would do um but just to sit back and cast and then just relax until you see your bobber go okay professional fishermen no bobbers ever no ever no we don't have the bobbers no but they're still fun well not me I don't fish but they <laughs> And the runners are made up of policemen and firemen and then just random people, some in funny outfits, and there's a couple of people in costumes. And Yeah, so the idea is that these are these fun, challenging runs. That raise money for charity. Yeah, right. Now, a long time ago, I used to run. I never actually got to do one of these things. Um, but they do look like a lot of fun in the sense that they are about the experience of it going through it rather than in particular winning. Right. You survive it. Yeah. You make it to the finish line and that's the accomplishment. And the run in this episode, and I, I didn't know a lot about the particular obstacles that they include in these runs. So when I saw that they had, um, for example, an area that you had to swim through that had electrified wires hanging down. I thought, oh, come on, that's not, you wouldn't do that, especially to somebody in water. Well, yeah. Well, guess what? They do that. It's pretty common. I that's think. pretty real. Yeah, they call it the electroshock. It's 10,000 volts. Ow. It would hurt. I don't want that on me when I'm running. So I looked into um, a few real life obstacles 
from big races okay. to compare this one to those. Okay. Um, so there is that electroshock. They call it electroshock therapy. Um, oh. um, there's also this kind of infatuation with ice. Oh, really? There's a few of them. One's called, and th- these are the names for the obstacles. They come up with fun names. Um, one's called the Shriveled Richard. Ooh. And one's called the Arctic Enema. Oh, I, both of which involve diving into water that is over your head and at least half ice. Wow. So you can't wade through it. You have to swim. Now, I've been in cold water, like really cold water, like mm-hmm. chop a hole in the ice, jump in the water, cold water. You, you don't want to you want to be in and out. Yeah. Now, this is this is like meters of a oh. swim in ice water. There are also obstacles that force you to go under mud. Like, uh, how do you mean under mud? Like you have to swim under mud, like underwater, but in mud. Oh. You have to put your entire head under mud to get underneath them. No, thank you. There's no other way to get under the obstacle. It's difficult enough. (laughs) Then, of course, there are zombie runs. Yeah, that are obstacle runs people, where zombies are constantly after you. you. Yeah. That would be really fun to play a zombie in one of those runs. It would be. Because you wouldn't have to run very far. Plus, I put my leg out all the time. <laughs> Just, ah, ah, I tripped you. Smart zombie. <laughs> but I found, um, I found two runs that were just, OMG, wow, that exists. Okay. Are you ready? Hit me. There's one called the Jungle Run that is a run through Peruvian jungle. Okay. Where you must be certified in self-rescue because they have no medical crews on location. No, no. If you get hurt, it's your problem. There's <laughs> nobody there to help you. Flying attack snakes. Yeah. It's your problem. I mean, the Peruvian jungle, not a friendly place. Nope. But the one that beats everything, and I'm going to butcher this, okay. is La Ruta de los Conquistadores. Okay. It is 161 miles. Okay. Includes poison frogs, mm-hmm. mud filled with leeches, Ooh. sheer cliff climbs, huh. and it follows the route of 16th century Spanish conquistadors. Where, where is this? In South America. Huh. Not going to that one. 161 miles. I'm not sure I could drive that. <laughs> so I think you'd have to carry camping gear. Yeah, no, it's probably one of those like extreme runs where you don't take breaks at all. Oh. How long would that take? Uh, too freaking long. Especially well, if you're climbing cliffs and... You do 26 miles in five hours, say. That's probably it. This is like two days at that pace. Well, yeah. <laughs> that's not accounting for rest, breaks, eating, going to the bathroom, the slowness of climbing a cliff or dodging dart frogs <laughs> or pumas or whatever is going to attack you. <laughs> I'm not really sure about honoring the conquistadors in any way anyway no i don't think so either i don't think jamie winter is going to make it through that one like do people jump out of the forest and go you're an asshole (laughs) because they should or you you just gave me syphilis give us back our land yeah they should (laughs) but they should everybody who runs the conquistador race should have to have the ponce de leon hat yes. on all the time. And if you lose the ponce de leon hat, you're, you're out. out immediately. You're disqualified. So you all have to have it on all the time. And maybe a big rough collar, too. Yes. And those pumpkin pants. The those, pumpkin pants. Those knee-length. Full conquistador Yes. The little heeled shoes. All yeah. of it. Yeah. Every last bit of it. And you can carry a flintlock. Good luck. <laughs> 
only 161 miles. Now I have this awesome image of somebody climbing a cliff face dressed like Ponce de Leon. And that's just hilarious. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> this is all to say that the obstacles in the Psycho Mud Run in this midsummer are realistic for this kind of event. Yeah. Except for, you know, fish hooks and razor blades and poison and, you know, people getting killed. But other than that... It's fairly realistic. So this is uh, the Psycho Mud Run at Solomon Gorge. Now, mm. I'm going to tell you, and this is not a spoiler, <clears throat> you, you don't see a gorge. <laughs> oh, but maybe that's where the pond formed is in the gorge. Maybe. What a big gorge it is. Maybe. It could fit in our yard, I think. <laughs> it's a gorget. A gorget. <laughs> yes. So we don't want to give too much away. We will point out that there's an interesting extra in the police headquarters. Every once in a while, when they're either in the morgue or at the cop shop, you'll see some, some background actors yes. around. And sometimes they uh, look familiar because you've seen them before. Um, and sometimes not. And sometimes they interact with them, but they never speak. They just hand them a piece of paper or something. It's very important. Uh, I'm always interested in these people because they have to look busy, but not actually be busy. Yeah. And I've, I've had to do that, not as an extra in a show, but for a video um, filming where they were like, we want, we want B-roll of you looking like you're doing your job. Yeah. Like, okay, so I'm going to sit at my computer and type some stuff. <laughs> well, look at me surf the internet. And uh, contrary to most uh, extras in the cop shop, this person's not in uniform. No. So if they have a desk... At well, the we th- haven't said who we're talking about. No. We're talking about the woman in the green shirt. If, if you're at a desk in the cop shop and you're not in uniform, you're a detective at the very least, I would think. And in the same room as John and Winters, so I would guess a member of their team in some way. I would, I would think that this is another Midsummer detective, which of course sends me off on... A flight of fancy in my own mind about Detective Janet Wingington <laughs> and her adventures in Midsummer. What crimes she is she around, solving? Where she goes around and being like, everybody gets murdered, but I get like missing ducks. And- Purse snatchings. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And, um, but she could be a sergeant. She could be. Right. Well, the, the British, the, we haven't talked about this on the main podcast or, or here, but there's the, the weird thing in England where constables wear uniforms, detectives don't wear uniforms, and then the higher brass do wear uniforms. Yes. Which is weird. You want, you get promoted so high that you have to go back into uniform. Yeah. I wouldn't want to do that. Which is a strange thing. Yeah. It's not a North American thing. No, thanks. No. Well, they also wear robes at school, too. So Yeah, they're strange. And wigs in court. Yes. They like costumes. Yes. It's all right. <laughs> We like that they like costumes. Yes, we do. So, anything else you want to mention about with bated breath? I just I think this was a good a good closer. I liked the episode. Uh, there was lots of tension, lots of interesting things going on. There was a couple of points where I was like, I don't really know who, what's going on here. Like uh, in terms of you couldn't uh, guess what was going to happen. Couldn't guess who it was who was who was doing the the, the naughty bits. I'm going to stake a claim here, and and people can disagree with me if they want, but I think of all the sergeants in all the Midsummer episodes, Winter is the fittest. I Both I, physically fittest, but also in, in like British slang terminology, the fittest. 
Yeah, I, he's a hot tamale. I, I would agree with that. You think he's a hot tamale too? I, I, I'm thinking he's the one who was in the bird superhero costume. Right? Yeah. Uh, no one else is Troy is not pulling off that. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> and they dress him to show that off. I think it's a. Not only are they making big efforts in these episodes to be more cinematic, they're playing around with a little bit more. Um, technology in terms of filming and CGI. They've definitely got more diverse casts than yes. ever, but I think they're also trying to appeal to a little bit of a younger audience yes. and and maybe younger women having winter look especially fit. Yes, yes. It, it's, it's one of those interesting things that when we talk to our British friends uh, and we tell them that we love mid- Midsummer, they ask us again how old we are. Yeah. <laughs> But I think they're they're coming around. That is with bated breath, season twenty one, episode four. We know you'll enjoy it like we did. And the end of our mini episodes until they release season twenty two. Yeah, which who knows? And we will talk about with bated breath in more depth in about two years. <laughs> Tune so in for that one. Mark that on your calendar. Yeah. <laughs> Before we wrap up for today, we've got a few seasonal things to talk about. Yes, yeah, so first of all, we asked you guys about some gifts that you wanted to give uh, Midsummer people, and we kind of brainstormed a bit on it. So if you were going to give a holiday gift to a character from Midsummer, who would it be, and what would you give them? So I'm going to give Troy a lifetime subscription to The Hawk. To his favorite comic? Yeah, to the, his favorite comic. The detective superhero? Yep. I'm going to give Joyce a lifetime subscription to Blue Apron or a similar mail delivery meal service. I, I don't, and it's really a gift for Tom. Now, yes, it's really a gift for Tom. And I remind you, we're not sponsored by Blue Apron. No. They have never used the product and have accepted no sponsorships. No. <laughs> What's your other one? Uh, so I'd like to give Jamie Winter a partner. Like a girlfriend. Aw. Because he's a good guy. And I think that... They have not explored enough having the DS have a partner. Do you think that, what was her name, Marie Jade or Jade Marie, the constable in with bated breath, do you think we're going to see her again? I think that's a possibility. Yeah, I think yeah. so too. So my other present is for Tom, and that is uninterrupted viewing of a cricket game on TV in a comfy chair with all the snacks he wants. And yeah. that, that's an undefinable time frame. That could be an hour. It could be three days. It's cricket. It's cricket. You never know. So. But I'd like him to be able to watch a cricket for game. We 48 days, and it's 119 to 2. Yeah. <laughs> but still tied. Yes. What? Really, it's close. It's just a test. Though I did see, and this is, this is deep dive, some cricket player whose nickname is Air Jordan this week did this crazy catch near the six-point line, the way-out line, diving barehanded catch that, like, I was like, wow, that's impressive. That'd be like a baseball outfielder catching it without a mitt? Yeah, in in slacks. (laughs) White slacks. And he got up and he kind of brushed it off like, oh, it's no big. I did that. Yeah. It was really (laughs) cool. So So the other thing I'll, I'll tell you guys before I go is that um, I'm up to a, a somewhat British experiment today. Uh, in the spirit of the holidays, I am going to make 
a Sussex pond pudding. Oh my gosh. So is maybe maybe this is a Sussex pond that we <laughs> It's more of an Oxfordshire pond. Yes. Yeah, a Sussex pond pudding is a steamed pudding that has a whole lemon in it and suet pastry and a lot of sugar and butter. I mean, a lot of sugar. Like the theory is that um it's actually not pond, it's pound because it's a medieval recipe oh, okay. and that it would have been referring to a pound of sugar and a pound of butter, like a pound cake. Yeah. But over time it got turned into pond because it kind of turns into kind of a toffee caramel kind of sauce in the middle and kind of pools out when you cut into it. Either way, om nom nom. So if it doesn't turn out to be an entire catastrophe, maybe we'll take a picture of it and post it. Maybe. maybe. <laughs> if I can't get curly whirlies, I might as well get that. Yeah, there you go. All right. So uh, next week, which is the week of December 30th, we will drop episode 22, which is Bring Out Your Dead and Return to the Regular Monday, 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time release schedule for episodes. Uh, I looked today. We have not recorded in full two weeks of uh, time off. Wow. Since we recorded an actual full episode. So. Well, it's been a good break, but I'm it's, ready. It's good. We, I'm excited. I, I'm hoping over the next two weeks that we get up to three, maybe even four episodes ahead. Whoa. Um, Is that what you want for Christmas? Because, yeah, getting episodes ahead surely makes my life a lot easier. <laughs> Poor so. Mark. He does all the editing. So. so, maniacs, I hope you have a maniacal holiday and get some rest and get a chance to sit on a comfy couch under a warm blanket with something good to eat and watch a couple of Midsummers. Yep. And, uh, of course, we have a lot of British people who listen to the podcast, so not only happy Christmas, but have a great Boxing Day as well. And listen to the Queen's speech. Hello! Hello! <laughs> Bye, maniacs. Bye, maniacs. Success. I can't even say it.